This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Daniel Wynn with the Law Office of Daniel Wynn. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Gary. So uh, tell us some about yourself and uh, what made you want to pursue a career uh, being an attorney? Sure. Um, so I probably, when, whenever someone asks me this question, I probably went for the very wrong reason. And uh, if you can't tell, or if you're in the audio version, uh, I am Asian. And if you're Asian, you really only got like three choices of careers from your parents. You're either a doctor, lawyer, engineer. And so I was not smart enough for the other two. <laughs> and um and honestly, I actually was, was I had planned on um, becoming a physical therapist, uh, but I took my first anatomy class and I said, I'll oh, forget this. And then I actually switched over to a, a business major, which I like very much. But by the time I had graduated, um, uh, uh, the events of September 11th hit, hit my last year of college. And so obviously we know what, the, what, the was, what happened to the recession. And I, I went to law school for not not very good reasons, but in hindsight, it's opened a lot of doors for me. I went because my dad told me to. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, uh, so you know, if you're listening and if you're thinking about your kids and they want to go to school, don't tell your kids go to law school just for the sake of going to law school. But uh, you know, listen to my dad because you know I'm I'm obedient. But um, I I, it, I have to say it has opened a lot of great doors uh, for me and a lot of opportunities. And obviously, I would not be here on your show if I had you know not taken advice. Uh, and so. You know, I'm actually glad, glad that I went and expanded my thinking and um, not just, you know, in terms of the law, but, you know, my, my critical thinking skills and personal skills and, and of that. So it's, it's helped me tremendous uh, benefit. And plus, as a business major, I wanted to work with uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I decided to make that particular area of clientele my, uh, my focus in serving them. So uh, before you opened up your uh, your own law office, where did you where did you work? Where did you cut your teeth? Yeah, I spent um, a couple of years in, in between a couple of different firms. I started off doing uh, copyrights and trademarks uh, with uh, uh, with my mentor, and uh, moved over doing some business transactional work with another mentor of mine. Uh, did civil litigation, so I was suing people, defending people for about six months, but I didn't really like doing that. Uh, and then after about two years out of school, uh, I finally decided to hang my own shingle. In, in going through, um, you know, you, you have a, a couple of different books that you have written that have hit the bestseller list. You have, you know, your own series of podcasts and so forth. Kind of when did you feel that you have become successful? Oh, honestly, I still think I'm working on it. Okay. Um, I think, you know, for me, uh, you know, everyone has th their different uh, definitions of success. Uh, for me, for me, it's time. And, and 
um, you know, it's actually funny. Yes. That question today I was doing kind of a accountability, um, a phone call, a zoom call this morning at, out of the house. And my two-year-old daughter kept nagging me, Hey dad, let's go, let's go. And I'm like on this call. So I think, uh, you know, when, um, when I have the ability to, uh, you know, maybe, uh, reschedule or, you know, uh, make a more definitive decision on those types of meetings, or I can just say, all right, honey, let's go and let's do whatever we want. I think that's when I, when I have achieved success. I'll, I'll tell you, I have, I have two kids of my own, uh, 10 and 13 right now, and they certainly keep you grounded no matter how <laughs> successful you think you, you've gotten, they pull you right back down. So, uh, right. you'll enjoy that. So you work with a lot of clients with helping them um, form their their own entities or franchise, um, you know, their entities. What are some of the questions that you wish that they would ask you when you first meet with them that that they're not asking? So you know, um, for some reason they they come in with uh, some pre um, predisposed notion, I, and I guess with the advent, obviously, with the internet. Uh, you know, clients will come in and, and do their own research and they, they'll say, Hey, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. And honestly, for the most, most part, they, they, they are usually right. Um, but sometimes depending on their situation, uh, you know, one entity is not appropriate uh, for them. So that's why we kind of have to peel back the onions. And so um, maybe it's, it's coming in with a uh, different mindset is it's, Hey, is this entity right for me? And if it's not, you know, what, what should I be considering in, instead? So can you tell our listeners, you know, some of the things that are, that are important that you need to really consider when you're, you know, uh, selecting an entity and, and coming to use a professional like you to help them, you know, get incorporated or, or whatever they're going to decide to do as compared to just trying to grab something off the internet? Earlier this week, I was kind of on a message board and it was a form of uh, business owner and entrepreneurs and they were getting ready to um, form, getting ready to form an entity. And they said, uh, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to form this. Should I do LLC or LLP? Mm -hmm. um, and for those, and this is kind of techno babble for, you know, for a lot of people, but for us kind of in the industry, uh, you know, LLPs are generally restricted to license, certain licensed professionals, right? And so for, for a lot of people, a lot of consideration is, you know, what's, what type of business are you? Is it a licensed profession or not licensed profession? Um, are you considering taking investors uh, in the foreseeable future, right? Um, where will your principal place of business be? Um, if it's, uh, do you, if it's kind of a rental property um, entity formation strategy, where's the rental property located? And so, um, so there's a lot of questions that they, you know, they don't know what they don't know, right? right. And it takes professionals like us to, um, we may not have the answers, but essentially to raise those questions uh, so that we can help them uh, and advise them what is the, um, the proper action to take. So if somebody were to set up an LLC, um, why is it important for them to have the, the articles of organization? Uh, for one, uh, you can't have an LLC without it, right? So, um, so uh, you know, we we uh, you know a lot of the work is actually done before the articles of organization 
are filed with the with the state secretary of state to officially form your LLC, right? So all those questions I asked before, we try to answer them. And then once we've determined, okay, LLC is the right one for you, then we start the, the formation process. So, you know, drafting the articles of organization, submitting them uh, to the state. And there's, you know, it doesn't stop there. Uh, obviously you need a tax ID number uh, from the IRS, but there's a whole plethora of other documents that should be created um, that aren't usually finished um, if you if uh, if you're doing it on your own just because um, either you're too busy with your business or you know you think all right I just got these two documents articles in here and I'm ready to go but there's there's a whole slew of other documents that need to be done to really um, for you to uh, take advantage of the asset protection liabilities of an LLC or corporation. So what about if you're, if you're going into business with someone else, you're not doing it on your own and you have, you know, say you have multiple people that you're going into business with. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the instance of an LLC, you'll certainly want an operating agreement and an operating agreement is really kind of the internal document of how the company is managed and uh, who's putting what in terms of money or sweat equity or other property to be used by, by the company. And, um, sometimes these documents also put, put in a very impor important provision, you know, assuming all the partners are in working in day to day, what happens if one person dies or cannot work in the business anymore? All right. Do you want, if they if that person is married, do you want their spouse to come in and take their place? And if they don't have the business acumen and can't replace them on a business sense, you know, do you really want that person, right? Do they, do you want them to have one third of the company, but not bringing the same one third of the value of, of the business partner? So, you know, having, um, having these documents drafted correctly, having the foresight um, with working with a professional to raise these questions will help businesses kind of avoid these types of uh, situations uh, where, um, you know, someone can't work in. And then, so what's, what's the procedure to, you know, replace them or buy them out or whatnot? Right. I, I think it's, you know, the, the other thing that I see important with the, you know, the, um, you know, the operating agreement like that is, you know, let's say that, you know, me, you and someone else go into business together and they decide they kind of want to go off in a different direction. Um, you know, who, who, who's the one who gets to decide where we're going. Um, and I just, I, I've seen too many businesses come in and, and we're doing their taxes for them. And we ask questions and they have they have no idea we start asking where their operating agreement is and yeah they're like well we never did one and it's just kind of um it always seems like everybody everything is great when you first start out but then when things start to happen um you know nobody nobody wants to deal with it then um yeah. so definitely important that uh that you use a professional like you to, to kind of get things set up to make sure that you know, all the, the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. With your clients that are coming in, what are some of the biggest fears that that they're facing and, and how do you help them overcome those fears? Yeah, so um, a couple of things. One is like, am I doing it correctly? Uh, and then two, uh, you know, I, I don't want my personal assets to be subject to, you know, lawsuits of the company. So certainly, you know, um, a lot of people hire me because, they're very good at what they do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is it really comes down to, is it worth them spending the time to figure out what, what I do or them being spending all their time, 100% of efforts being great at what they do, right? And so, you know, where's your time best, best, best spent? And, 
you know, obviously they don't have to hire me, but I've been doing this a long time and, you know, I, I know all the right, right questions uh, to, to, to ask. And so, you know, if you're looking for a professional to, to do it right, uh, to, to um, handhold you a little bit, but really just to get it done so you can focus on your work, um, that, that is something that, you know, I help, I help my clients address. I think the other part too is, you know, um, asset protection, right? LLCs, corporations, pretty much the number one reason why uh, people form these types of entities is because they're looking to protect uh, bank accounts, rental income, uh, rental properties from liabilities of the company. Okay. And so I, I tell them, um, you know, th there's, there's a concept called piercing the corporate veil. So technically, you know, creditors, plaintiffs can go to your personal assets. So it's like, Hey, how do I, how do I avoid this? I usually tell them, now I'm not a litigator, but based on my conversations with my friends who do uh, court work, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to do it. So as long as you maintain the corporate formalities, right? If you're a corporation, you do your annual minutes, you file all the annual statements as required. Um, you document um, all your corporate actions. Um, don't commingling. That's usually the biggest thing, right? As in a, a CPA too, you, you're familiar with this. Mm -hmm. As long as you maintain the corporate formalities, um, it'll be very difficult. Now, uh, anyone with, you know, 350 bucks, 500 bucks for the court filing fee and an ax to grind can file a lawsuit. Right. That's one part. That's kind of one part. But the two second part is like, will they win? That's going to be the, ch the challenge for, uh, for a lot of businesses, you know, a lot of uh, plaintiffs trying to go and trying to, you know, um, seize personal assets of, of the company. So again, it goes back to as long as you maintain corporate formalities, you work with professionals like yourself and myself to get the books um, clean and straight. And, um, you know, I always tell my clients, get some uh, insurance as well. Um, a good policy will go a long way in, in, in defending you. Uh, and generally, you're not out of pocket hiring their attorney, right? You, you've paid your premiums. The insurance company will hire their attorney, pay the attorney, and your settlement, if any, comes out of your, um, your policy limits. Yeah. So, I mean, again, what I'm hearing you say is plan. You got to do your planning and you got to make sure that that you have the right team in your in your court to help you make sure that you're that you're, you know, kind of keeping keeping the sales set in the right direction. Besides, you know, trying to do some shortcuts and doing it themselves type thing. Um, what are some other mistakes that you're seeing uh, these these clients make? I think, um, you know, not forming the right team. You kind of mentioned that earlier, right? Having a good uh, CPA, attorney, uh, insurance, um, and, you know, people of that like, you know, there's a concept uh, in, 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 you know, it, on the corporate level, there's like, you know, board of directors, right? I've seen this other similar concept is, hey, if you're, if you're a business, whatever size you are, you should form a small, small team of advisors, right? So they can, uh, formal or informal, um, so they can advise you on obviously the legal, the tax and accounting issues, uh, all the marketing issues, uh, and kind of all operational issues, right? HR and things like that. And so uh, I, I think it's important for, um, to, you know, you obviously don't need to get all five or six of those people right away, but, you know, start looking for uh, mentors or professionals to help you guide you in, you know, in the right direction. You know, I mean, you've worked with a, a wide range of, of variety of people and done a lot of different, uh, different things in your, in your legal career. Um, what is something that you've learned over the time that, has really been useful 
for you and helping your clients? Yeah. So I think because I've had such, uh, I've had the fortunate experience of working with a wide variety of industries. I've able to use a lot of things where I've, you know, from one industry uh, and help my clients uh, in another. Um, so like uh, one time I was working with a client and we were trying to figure out a, a licensing issue. Um, and I remember I had an experience with, with uh, another, um, another client of mine. And so I took what I learned from that previous experience and applied it to this particular set of negotiations. And we were able to get uh, a win-win for, for everybody. And so I think, I think what's um, 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 advantageous for, for my clients is I'm able to kind of repurpose a lot of the experience I've had um, with some of my other clients and even of my colleagues as well. And, and then, uh, you know, apply them as, as I see fit. So you've been doing this for a while now. What, what is it that, uh, you know, now you wish, you knew when you first started out Find the right team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Find a set of advisors that, you know, you can onboard and will grow with you and can advise you on, uh, on the right way, both on the business side. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, on, on the legal side where, you know, I've, I've, I've seen clients grow from one retail location to four or five, some of them are up to 20 now, obviously hindsight is 2020, but you know, um, sometimes you, you know, it's like, um, I forgot who said it certain percent of life is just showing up. I mean, it's Woody Allen or something, right. Right. Percent is showing up. And so sometimes, uh, you know, a success is the, the cross streets of opportunity and luck, I believe. Right. Who would be your ideal client? And what would their pain points be that you would be able to help with? Yeah, I, I love working with clients who are, um, they know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And they're really busy um, doing either, you know, maybe they're working their own regular job and they do the side to side hustle, or they're really, you know, just so intense in their day to day running their own operations that they, you know, they just need someone to lean on and say, hey, think of Dan as your outside outside, inside, uh, chief legal officer. So I know in the CPA world, there's, you know, uh, fractional CFO, mm -hmm. right. And so think of me like that, right. That, Hey, uh, now I may not know everything. Uh, but I, I think, I think I would know enough to ask the right questions and know where it's right for me to bring in some other professionals to advise on very specific issues. So if someone is, um, so someone is kind of looking for an outside kind of virtual, uh, counsel. Um, maybe they don't have the budget to bring in one full-time attorney, but they need, uh, and maybe, and, uh, but they just need someone to uh, advise them, uh, you know, a couple hours a month. Uh, I think that those are the types of clients I really enjoy working with. From, uh, what would the, what would the steps or first steps be for somebody if, if that was something that they were, that they were interested in, what would you want them to do? Yeah. Uh, reach out to me, uh, in my firm. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation, see if we're a right fit for each other. Um, and then, you know, if we are, then, you know, we can consider, uh, you know, uh, working together. Some of your books that you've written, you've written some on, uh, you know, besides the ones on selecting the right entity and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but you've also done some on, on trademarks. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your books that you've done. Uh, it's called, it's called making your mark. Uh, it's available on Amazon or, um, my website, uh, mytmbook.com. So this one is kind of a, um, high level 10,000 foot, um, 
uh, overview of the trade, you know, what trademarks are, what benefits they come, what, what's the application process like. So it's really great for any business owner, entrepreneur that is considering a trademark. This will give them uh, a good kind of uh, get their feet wet on, on what, what kind of what it entails uh, in, in that process. And so uh, I'm really proud of this one. This one's been out for, uh, for a couple of years now. And um, I've got a couple more in the, in the pipeline as well. Tell, tell our listeners, what's, what is a trademark? Yeah, a trademark is uh, kind of trying to avoid like techno babble, nerdy talk here, but they just, uh, you know, um, I like to give examples. So, you know, obviously when you see the swoosh, you know, that's, that's Nike and, and uh, you know, athletic clothing and shoes. Um, ultimate driving machine, right? We all know it's BMW, right? So those are types of trademarks and they, they identify the source of goods or service. So, you know, it's BMW is for cars and Nike's for apparel. And so that, that is the kind of the basic idea of, of what a trademark is. And generally, you know, trademarks are, are kind of regulated by the government. And the idea is that it's really to protect the consumer, right? And so uh, if another company came out called Super Nike, they wouldn't al they wouldn't allow that because they would say, "Hey, this other company is too close to the real Nike." The other company could be could be um, offering inferior products. People are spraying their ankle, flammable clothing, right? So it's really a consumer protection issue, and so that is why the government kind of sets this framework for trademarks and and protecting companies and protecting the consumers. Now, is a trademark is that good forever? Uh, it is good forever so long as you use it and you renew it uh, as required. So generally, uh, generally they're renewed every 10 years. So as long as you're in business, for as long as you're in business and you're using that trademark, then you just submit the renewal and you're, you can still get it, keep it. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of different things today. What, what haven't I asked you that you wish I would have? Maybe we, uh, maybe ask about franchising. Franchising is, has always been kind of a very, uh, very niche market and, Obviously, as consumers, we know McDonald's, we know Burger King, right, as some of the more popular uh, franchise systems. But from where I'm seeing in my market, um, there's a lot of people who are coming up with their own uh, food and beverage concepts, for example, right? And now they want to use um, the franchising model to expand their print footprint and exposure, but not necessarily use their own money to open up those own stores. So. There's a lot of regulation behind it, but you know, if you can, if you can tee it up, right, it can be a great, great way to, uh, you know, expand your business profile all across the country, even across the world, um, with, uh, with relatively minimal capital. Right. Right. So if, if our listeners, you know, like what they hear, um, you know, you've talked about the, you, you know, some, um, virtual legal services, uh, you know, we're called virtual general counsel, um, how can they, how can they reach out to you and, and talk to you? Yeah. Uh, so my phone number is 714-783-2222. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, it's Dan, D-A-N at D X as an X-ray. And then my last name, N-G-U-Y-E-N.com. Um, just let me know you're, uh, you know, from Gary show and happy to talk to you, see if you're right fit and, you know, we can go from there. Dan, we really appreciate your time today and your insight. Um, I think it's, you know, you've given our, our listeners a lot to think about. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Today, our guest has been Dan Wynn with the law office of Daniel Wynn. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.